0: invite you to turn with me to the book of James. Uh, Jesus' brother James writes to the scattered churches, and he begins the letter with the uh, fairly challenging phrase, consider it pure joy when you face trials of many kinds. And over the summer months, we've been noting the different ways in which we face trials and tests. And this morning, we continue with uh, the challenge of speech— as we look at uh, verses 19 through 21 of chapter 1 and uh, 26 through 27, and then uh, chapter 3. Quick to listen, slow to speak, and slow to become angry. Let's pray. Lord God, we need your help To listen. Our minds are easily distracted and often run much faster than the person who speaks. And so, help us, we pray. Help me in my words, help us in our listening. For we desire, O God, to reflect you well, especially as we listen and speak. In Christ's name, amen. If you'd like to follow along, you can grab the Bible from the seat in front of you. Otherwise, most of the verses will be up on the screen or you can uh, follow along in your phone. Starting at verse 19, My dear brothers and sisters, take note of this. Everyone should be quick to listen, slow to speak, and slow to become angry. Because human anger does not produce the righteousness that God desires. Therefore, get rid of all moral filth and evil that is so prevalent and humbly accept the word planted in you which can save you. And skipping down to verse 26, Those who consider themselves religious... And yet do not keep a tight rein on their tongues, deceive themselves, and their religion is worthless. For religion that God accepts, God our Father accepts, as pure and faultless is this, to look after orphans and widows in their distress, and to keep oneself from being polluted by the world. And then skipping ahead to chapter 3, we'll be reading the first 12 verses. sets the whole course of one's life on fire, and it is itself set on fire by hell. All kinds of animals, birds, reptiles, and sea creatures are being tamed and have been tamed by humankind, but no human being can tame the tongue. It is a restless evil full of deadly poison. For with the tongue we praise our God and Father, and with it we curse human beings who have been made in God's likeness. Out of the same mouth come praise and cursing? My brothers and sisters, this should not be. Can both fresh water and salt water flow from the same spring? My brothers and sisters, can a fig tree bear olives or a grapevine bear figs? Neither can a salt spring produce fresh water. This is the word of the Lord. In 1863, Abraham Lincoln gave the well-known Gettysburg Address from the battlefield in southern-central Pennsylvania. It was a November date, even though the battle was from July 1, 2, and 3. And Lincoln's speech was 10 sentences long, less than two minutes, and only had about 275 words. It remains one of the most memorable speeches in history and I would dare bet that a few of you when you were in grade school or high school even memorized it and may not remember all of it but certainly would remember certain phrases and even if we don't know that the phrases we know come from that address we probably could fill in the blank if some of those phrases were said. For example, malice toward none. We know the address, it's stuck with us, it's memorable. And what has come out over history is that Lincoln is not the only one who gave an address that day. Most of us have become aware over the last couple of years that there was another speaker. In fact, Lincoln was not even the headline event on that day. Rather, it was the Secretary of State and Governor of Massachusetts, Edward Everett, whose speech clocked in at two hours with the Gettysburg Oration, who was actually the main event. Lincoln was supposed to be an afterthought. But words... When spoken well are remembered and words that are not spoken well are remembered I don't remember this event but my mother remembers vividly the first time she called me stupid To this day, she has incredible guilt about those words coming from her mouth. I remember other things that have been said, both positive and negative, and I bet all of us do. Words matter. The trouble is that James not only says that words matter, but invites us into a kind of relationship with words that doesn't come naturally. He writes in verse 19 the familiar words that most of us have heard, be quick to listen, slow to speak, and slow to become angry. Now, the reason that most of us don't find this to be a natural thing, to be slow to listen or to be quick to listen and slow to speak is that we have learned over time that our brains actually process information at three times the speed people speak. In fact, even if I were to talk as fast as I could and you could make sense of all the words that I'm saying, your brain would be processing faster than I could speak. It's why when I'm speaking, you're able to not only think about the context, the words that are coming, you can think about all of the other things maybe that we've talked about in the sermon series or the other times that you've heard this phrase or when you make a reference to a movie or a TV. Our minds can go off on a tangent and come back in a split second. And it's also when we're in conversations with people, we have already thought about the 15 things we're going to say before the person ended the sentence. Because our brains, created by God, are able to process faster than people can speak. So it would actually make more sense for James to write something like, try hard to listen because it's not natural. Or take a deep breath before you speak because that will slow your mind down. That might even be easier uh, an easier command for us to actually do, to put into practice those kinds of things. And yet James doesn't do that. Chances are he knew all about the speed of the brain, even if they hadn't done brain processes yet. But it's not without reason that he writes, everyone should be quick to listen and slow to speak. Even when it's counterintuitive and it doesn't come naturally, that's the command that God gives to us through James. And the reason he does this is because, as we noted, we know the power of words. And words have the ability to steer the course of things. James gives us a couple of wonderful examples, right? The bit into the horse's mouth can steer the whole animal. The rudder on the ship can steer the whole vessel. A small spark on a couple of twigs can cause a forest fire. Now, what James doesn't say in these images, what James sort of hints at, and we can sort of read between the lines, is if you have a horse without a bit in its mouth, what does it do? It tramples wildly right? It gallops all over, out of control. It's everywhere, and unless it's fenced in, it will run rampant, cause all kinds of destruction. A ship without a rudder, same idea. Destruction will follow, or destruction will be left in its wake. A fire that isn't contained by a a steel Circle or a series of rocks surrounding it or blocks will cause devastation. Words have the ability to steer lives, steer congregations, steer countries. slow to speak this is challenging in our world and it's challenging for us as christians because it is much easier to simply respond and we find creative ways to hide our spark or our rudder or our speech. Who of us hasn't used this guise? I'm just being honest. We say something and then we make the claim with our words, I'm just being honest. My personal favorite of course is, no offense, but you're ugly. No, no offense, right? You know, no offense. I, we, we use these justifications. When we log into social media, we say things like, I probably shouldn't post this, but someone needs to provide balance. Or if I don't write this, nobody else will. If nobody says, if, if I don't say this, nobody else will speak the truth. It should fascinate us though that not once in this section does James talk about truth. Just think about that for a moment. James is not saying balance grace and truth as you speak, balance grace and church as you are slow, in your responding, there's no qualifying, it is simple. Quick to listen, slow to speak, slow to become angry. It takes time to develop these skills. When it came to Lincoln's Gettysburg Address, a rumor arose that Lincoln quickly scribbled this out on the train on the way to Gettysburg. Many of us have heard this story, that this was sort of an afterthought speech. But if you look at the speech that Lincoln used, there isn't one evidence of a train bump. This had been written out many times before. There were a number of drafts that he had gone through. He had sent it away to have others read through it. He had written it out in long scrolling cursive, beautiful to look at. And he had it ready. And history tells us that Lincoln read it. He read it. He didn't memorize it. And what makes that remarkable is that Everett, who had a two-hour speech of 13,000 words, had no notes. Maybe Lincoln had an inclination that the words he spoke were going to be remembered. And so take your time before you hit send. Take your time before we respond. We might wonder what it would be, what it would look like for a church to have a practice where when every when anyone says anything, whether it 's in the back uh, for coffee time in the fellowship hall or whether it 's in a a council meeting, whether it's on the phone for pastoral care, that no matter what speech we're doing, there is an automatic two-second break. When Steph Steph and I were engaged during her last senior year, she did student teaching in Honduras. And one of the great gifts we were given is that we had to communicate with a two-second delay. So I would speak, and then I would have to wait to make sure that the line was still working. And sometimes it didn't. The line would break out because it was through the internet. And this was the old days, you know, when you still had to, you know, use Morse code. Right, so we would have to build into our relationship a two-second window of waiting. We had to learn how to finish our thought and then Wait. We have forgotten that practice and don't always uh, operate in such a way that would reflect that. But what would it look like for a church, a community of believers, to do that with each other? And what would it look like if we did that in the world around us? If in conversations with other people, we practiced being slow to speak? Lincoln's speech was not a hot take. Lincoln's speech has lasted because of careful tending of words and phrases that highlight and elevate the beauty of what it means to be a union and what it means to be a person, an image bearer of God. And that's why James, as he describes to us our relationship with words, says, recognize the power of them to both quench thirst and also destroy. And so, even as we wonder about our own words, we ought to remember that this this isn't a moral lesson of do better, try harder, and be excellent, which are all true. But we are careful with our words because our Savior Jesus hung on the cross and uttered just seven sayings as the fires of hell consumed him, one of which was, Father, forgive them. They know not what they do. And if we wondered, maybe the person we are speaking with knows not of what they speak, we might be patient like Jesus. Let's pray. Father, forgive us when our words are trite, when we are thoughtless, when we are more concerned with winning the moment with a hot take or post, than about reflecting you. God, this is a challenge, and we often fail. And so forgive us, we pray. And fill us with the Spirit, a Spirit that is patient and kind and gentle and full of self-control, So that the words that we give can follow quick listening, can be intentional, and the kind that are full of fruit and life-giving water. To your glory and the good of your people, we pray in Christ's name.